Hi there, welcome to the manuscript. I'm Breno Barreto, and in this podcast, we delve into the intersection of writing and the development of technology products. Every couple of weeks, we talk to people making a difference in technical writing, instructional design, UX writing, content strategy, and anywhere else there's someone thinking about content and digital products and the tech industry. Today, we will talk to Jacob Moses. He's the creator of the Not Boring Tech Writer podcast. In each episode of his podcast, Jacob covers a new tech writing skill with the goal of proving this is far from a tedious career. Some of the latest episodes that personally I liked the most were getting started with API documentation, researching as a tech writer, understanding your reader as a whole, and getting started with open data. Jacob, welcome and thanks so much for being a guest here at The Manuscript. Hey, Breno. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat and really just get pumped up anytime uh, someone launches a new uh, tech writing podcast or something that you know discusses tech writing. Um, we don't have enough of them, so really excited that you started this and excited to chat. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I actually have been working as a tech writer for a couple of years now, and uh, I feel that we should be producing more content about it. I mean, we are, after all, we are content producers and, and I think we have, we don't have sure. so much going on there. So I was really excited to to discover your podcast, which actually happened not so long ago. I discovered it, I, I believe, a couple of weeks ago, but I, I've already listened nice. to almost all the episodes. So uh, that's yeah, awesome. It, it, it was very interesting. So good. Well, let's uh, start with your podcast itself. So. What made you decide to start one about technical writing? Yeah, um, it's a fun story and one I like to share, but haven't been able to for a while. Um, so I started this podcast, I think it was the spring of 2016. Um, so I had just graduated from university. Um, I got a technical communication degree um, at the University of North Texas um, in Denton, Texas, um, a city in which I still call home and went to university here. So right out of university, um, I got a job as a tech writer with a fantastic organization called Rainmaker Digital. So um, they had a, a CMS platform called uh, the Rainmaker platform, and I was doing end-user documentation uh, for that organization. Um, and I really enjoyed it. You know, I was, I was proud to be a tech writer. Um, it was cool to be, you know, actually doing the work that I had majored in and really enjoyed the whole process. Um, but I had realized as I kind of, you know, started hanging out with people outside of tech writing um, that they didn't really see it <laughs> in the same light that I did. And there was a particular moment um, that really inspired the podcast. Um, I was at a podcasting conference um, for my employer. I think we had sponsored it. So we had a little table set up. Um, the conference had come to an end. Um, all the sponsors and guests were invited to go to the hotel bar and, you know, just enjoy some drinking conversation. And I remember um, sitting beside a gentleman who I think was one of the speakers. And he asked me, you know, what do you do? And, you know, Breno, I'm, I'm like 20 years old at this point. Again, like I said before, really proud of my career, excited to see, you know, the future that would open up in tech writing. So, you know, I, I gripped my pint glass and with confidence said, I am a technical writer. 
and Breno, his <laughs> any like goodwill or like good faith that he had in me at that point had just dropped. Like he went on to ask me, like if I only read manuals, like if I've ever read a piece of fiction before. Um, he went on to say that sounded like a really just boring, mundane career. And why do I seem so excited about it? Um, and it was just really telling of, you know, the perception that the non-tech writer um, has of the tech writing field. So um, a few months after that, I started the Not Boring Tech Writer podcast um, to prove to this one gentleman, no, um, really just to, to break that stereotype that technical writing is a boring career. And the way that we do that is to have each guest introduce a skill um, that he or she believes breaks that stereotype. So with any episode that someone listens to, um, they're going to gain a new skill that they can add to their own skill set, whether that helps them become a better tech writer, whether that helps position themselves for um, a different kind of career that they envision themselves in um, that would translate well out of tech writing. Um, so yeah, just kind of showing love to the tech writer who doesn't really get much love and empower um, him or her to, you know, make the most of this field that they've chosen and feel good about it. Yeah, I think every tech writer can relate to that story. I mean, probably if I tell my mother that I'm a tech writer, she will, well, probably show <laughs> a smile, but <laughs> have no clue what I'm talking about. So yeah, the understanding sure. of what tech writers do is still very limited. Especially, I think, outside the U.S. In Brazil, for instance, it's very hard to find someone who will say, I'm a tech writer and be understood. Even the big tech companies are still trying to understand what this role is and how it fits in the company. So usually when when you say tech writing, people will think of, yeah, boring stuff. So I can totally relate to to the reasons that led you to call your, your podcast the Not Boring tech writer so exploring that a little further why do you think this is still uh, a career that is seen as a boring one i think brenda that they just immediately associate it with like manuals and procedures um you know maybe they are just used to you know flipping through that car manual in the glove compartment of their new whip they just they don't really understand all the different ways they can use tech writing, whether you have a formal background in it or just gain some training after university. Um, so I think that's the main reason. They just only associate it with, you know, boring print manuals um, or just instructions. When in reality, once someone has these core tech writing skills, you know, in writing, understanding an audience, being able to translate really technical um, content into easy to understand plain language for users, um, it's a skill that you can use in a variety of ways, whether someone wants to get into, you know, grants and proposal writing, whether someone wants to mess with some user experience writing, whether they want to translate into, you know, API documentation. Um, once you get that core skill, um, there's a lot of fantastic things that you can do with it. And I think this, the general audience, understandably, as this likely happens in many other careers well beyond technical writing, um, until you take the time to actually under, understand what the tech writer does, um, what his or her vision is for the organization and their own career, um, you miss out on some of the more like interesting work that the tech writer does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, since you created the podcast, and I, I mean, 
you probably believe that uh, it's our role as tech writers to change the perception of our job, right? So, uh, sure. Why do you think this is important, and, and how how can we do that in our daily work? You know. Yeah, that's an excellent question, Breno. Um, as you've experienced in Brazil, and as many other tech writers do, most of the time, if your organization happens to have a tech writer. Um, you are, you might be the only one. It might be a one-person team. Mm -hmm. um, that was much of my experience whenever I was more heavily involved in tech writing. That I didn't really have, you know, many other allies. Um, worked in a silo for the most part. Um, admittedly, tech writing can be, you know, an afterthought. You know, we're, we're not necessarily considering documentation as like this great value-added thing or even a product as itself. Um, thankfully, that conversation is starting to shift. Um, But again, it's just, okay, let's bring the tech writer in because, you know, maybe some other or, other organizations are, um, but it's not necessarily like a core part of what we think of whenever we think of a technology company. Mm -hmm. um, so I think a great way to, you know, maybe boost that influence or maybe just give yourself a greater voice within your organization as a tech writer is to do um, a lot of the things that we talk about in the Not Boring Tech Writer Um Some episodes that immediately come to mind, um, Neil Kaplan, he talks about bridging that gap between mm -hmm. the documentation team and the support team. I think about, you know, Brie Hillard talking about how to introduce just-in-time documentation. And the theme of all of these great skills that my guests share with listeners is that, you know, they're to the best of their ability. I know some people work remote. Some people actually work in an office But the core theme that we see in all these skills that are giving people, you know, greater influence than their organizations is that they're stepping out of, you know, that box that they might see themselves in, whether that's a box that's been put on them from the organization or maybe their own attitudes and perceptions of what a tech writer does. And getting to meet other people within the organization who are actually, you know, maybe using our documentation either directly or indirectly, um, And it can be a challenge, you know, we're so used to just, you know, cracking that, um, the documentation, but it's been really fascinating through the Not Boring Tech Writer to see, you know, what happens whenever I take the time to get to know that um, customer support member. Mm -hmm. um, what skills can I learn from him and her? In the example of the just-in-time documentation skill, what we learned from Bree is, oh, whenever I actually take some time to get to know the customer support staff, oh, they're working on some really interesting problems, interesting predicaments that I could start addressing in my documentation. That makes their job easier, makes my documentation more effective. Um, so I think as folk get more involved in the podcast, they'll start to capture that theme. I think it's just, you know, breaking out of that silo, getting to understand the people whose work is tangential to yours, and then just fostering that relationship. Yeah, it's interesting because... I asked you the question thinking more about the importance of uh, understanding this role for the tech writer himself or herself. But uh, from what you said, you remind me of something that is constantly on my mind that uh, understanding the tech writing role and what it, it can do for the company is really, really important for the company itself. And f I mean, for other people sure. in the company, in the industry, in the market, uh, because in the end, The tech writer is the, the, the first client of the product, uh, the person who will be the glue uh, between many parts of the company. 
and uh, if we ignore our job we will have to fix things later with customer support with tech writing itself uh, but at the right time not, not at the right time right uh, so I believe this is something that must be understood not only by tech writers themselves but uh, by the the market definitely yeah we all have that shared goal you know whether i'm on the support team the development team mm -hmm. the tech writing team if i'm lucky enough to have a team you know we all have that shared goal of creating a better product so however we can equip the tech writer to better advocate for the work they're doing and help their colleagues understand how it fits into that shared goal um, is a huge win yeah great so i think it's uh, your podcast for instance is not Uh, only for tech writers. I think there are many product people who would yeah. uh, uh, yeah. take a lot of it, uh, uh, bringing, bringing uh, writing to, to their concern at least and, and seeing yes. it as uh, a part of uh, the product itself. Exactly, yeah. Brenna. That's been really, it's, it's, it's been an honor creating this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and a big part of it is for that exact reason. Like I know a lot of developers mm -hmm. who... You know, they work with a little bit in documentation. They're not necessarily writing it, it themselves, but they know what like good documentation and bad documentation looks like. Mm -hmm. um, they've listened to the Not Boring Tech Writer just to help right. them better connect with um, the tech writers in their own organization. Um, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Any chance that we can bring more people into this conversation um, is great. For sure, yes. Well, so just coming back a little bit to your career, uh, for what I understood, you you started right off uh, university as a tech writer. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. Okay. And how did you find out about the profession and decided you wanted to pursue it? Yeah, um, I have a great story for this as well. Mm -hmm. um, I guess a lot of the things in my life have happened for me kind of eavesdropping and hanging out in public spaces, which I'm <laughs> fine with. Um, but I was a sophomore. Um, I was attending a community college at the time. I did two years of community college, then two years of, um, you know, a four-year university at UNT. Um, but I was sitting at one of the local coffee shops here in Denton. It's called Jupiter House. And at this point, you know, I was just doing my basics in university, knew I really enjoyed writing. So like many folk, um, considered going into English. I hadn't declared a major at that point. Um, but I was fairly certain once I transferred to UNT that English was going to be my major. That's what I was going to do to be able to, you know, write for a living. And um, I think I was doing some math homework at the time at this coffee shop. And I overheard this gentleman behind me um, who was meeting with one of his clients. I went on to learn that he was a freelance tech writer, um, but they were having some back and forth about, um, I think he was writing the proposal for this gentleman. But they're talking about, okay, like, Who's your audience? Like, what kinds of, you know, core problems do you want this proposal to hit on? What do you want that strong call to action to be? And it was like, I recognized the language kind of from just reading different online writing blogs, but I had never actually like heard that dialogue in person. So um, the client had left and I ditched my math homework, turned around in a little swivel bar chair sitting in and asked this gentleman, um, like, what did you do to get here? Like, this is really interesting work. Um, I'd never heard anything like this before. And Brando, he told me, you know, go to UNT, major in the new technical communication department, introduce yourself to Dr. Sims, who was the dean at the time, um, 
and that's how you can get involved in you know this potential career path and that's exactly what i did um i think i scheduled a meeting with um dr sims the following week um and then a few months later transferred to unt declared as a tech comm major and uh yeah that was really the launch pad um to pursuing a career in technical writing great from, from the talks I, i usually have and even from your podcast from from the people you interview This doesn't seem to be uh, uh, the most usual thing, right? To uh, I mean, sure. I mean uh, myself, for instance, I'm a journalist. I used to work in, in television, and, and nice. I, I think I, I hadn't hadn't uh, even heard of tech writing, you know. So, uh, I, and and usually, tech writers who I talk to have landed in this in this field yeah. uh, from many other places and so it's 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 nice to see your 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 path i think it's it's not that usual and it's it's probably good to to build some important foundation yeah that's the theme i've picked up as well brenna um i had the pleasure of attending um the right to the right the docs conference um a few years back and i was meeting all these fellow tech writers it was really the first time i was in a room with uh, all of my fellow tech writers. It was a really nice feeling. Um, but it was that same kind of theme where, you know, none of them had majored in technical communication. Um, mm -hmm. And understandably so, I think um, there's only about a dozen, maybe 16 universities in North America where you can actually major in technical communication as opposed to it being, you know, a concentration of English or just a certification. So you're exactly right. So I think people just kind of fall into it. Most of the time they... You know, they have a love for technology. They enjoy working on um, high-tech products um, mm -hmm. and then pair that with their own writing skills and ends up being a nice little marriage. Yeah, no, for sure. So uh, now you've been working for almost two years at Strong Towns, is that right? That's right, that's right. Okay, okay. could you briefly explain what the company does and, and what your job uh, is there? Sure, so Strong Towns is a nonprofit media organization that advocates for building more financially resilient communities. So me and my colleagues are all, you know, hyper obsessed about municipal finance, making sure that, you know, really any project that a city wants to pursue, that the local government's going to get a return on investment on it. Um, what we've observed um, post-World War II, North America in particular, adopted a development pattern that um, is very fragile and not very financially productive for local governments. Um, we really started off pre-World War II developing these really dense, tight-knit neighborhoods. Um, and then following World War II, where, you know, the U.S. was flush with cash, um, we, we chose to spend that money building lots of highways, lots of parking lots. Um, and the result is it's a development pattern that's not very financially productive. So that's our core mission. Um, we like to advocate for... Um, building more financially resilient places through uh, a podcast. We have three different podcast streams. I host one of those. Um, we push out 15 articles a week and then also have several really active community sites. So yeah, I've been with them for over two years now um, and really enjoying it. It's an exciting time at Strong Towns. Yeah, nice. It's a great idea. I had never heard of, initi of an initiative like that. Very interesting. Very interesting. So you're actually, a, you have more than one podcast, right? Yeah. So I still do the Not Boring Tech Writer. Um, and then I do It's the Little Things, um, which is the Strong Towns podcast. I do that once a week. Um, and for that podcast, it's eerily similar to the Not Boring Tech Writer, 
don't tell my colleagues that, but I pretty much just duplicated <laughs> the approach. Okay. So that podcast, um, each episode focuses, I'm laughing just thinking about this, each episode focuses on a different action that listeners can take to make their community more financially resilient. So as opposed to the not boring tech writer, where you're learning a skill with it's the little things, we pretty much highlighted a bunch of different success stories. So we'll talk about people who, you know, have advocated for ending parking minimums in their communities. Um, people have advocated for making their place more walkable, more bike friendly, um, people planting street trees, um, all sorts of cool stuff. So just highlight a bunch of success stories to hopefully inspire people to take action in their own communities. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, in the, in the tech writing podcast, uh, I mean, you, as you said, you focus on, on skills yeah. and, uh, well, after more than 30 episodes you have now, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. 34. Uh, well, have you been able to identify a, a specific skill or maybe a set of skills that, uh, really make a difference in, in the career of a, of a technical writer? Would it, would that be possible? Yeah. Good question, Breno. Um, and I do have to share, you know, like a little disclaimer. Um, I haven't been like a formal tech writer for almost three years now in between um, Rainmaker Digital and, uh, I'm sorry, Strong Towns. I also own and operated a little micro grocery store here in Denton. So there's a little bit of a gap, but um, from all the tech writers that I've spoken to and reflecting on um, my own time as a technical writer, um, a recurring theme that I see is just a willingness to pick up new skills um, that, you know, at first are super intimidating. So a story that comes to mind, um, Jody Winter, um, I forget what episode number that was, but I think the skill was, you know, embracing the long game of technical writing. Um, I don't want to butcher her story, um, but I'll try my best to paraphrase it and then encourage others to go back and listen to it as well. Um, I believe she started off in just um, end-user documentation, messing with a little bit of uh, manuals and procedures, you know, stereotypical tech writing jobs. But she understood that if she really wanted to, you know, stick around in this tech writing game, that she was going to have to start understanding a little bit about programming, maybe mess a little bit with the content marketing side of things, doing web copy a skill that she already had, of course, with being a fantastic writer, um, but maybe one that she never um, had foreseen herself, you know, being successful in just because she never really considered herself, you know, a copywriter. Um, so her episode is a fantastic testament of, you know, what it means to actually stick around in this tech writing game. Um, one that may seem very stagnant to a lot of folk, but whenever you listen to this podcast, um, there's lots of great skills that you can adopt, apply to your own skill set to really open up a lot more doors for you. Um, of course, if we talk about, you know, helping the tech writer get some guap, um, getting involved in uh, API documentation um, is huge. If you go back and listen to um, Tom Johnson's episode with me, um, which you mentioned before, getting started in API documentation, you'll learn that there's a huge demand for tech writers who can write API documentation and also make you some great money as well. Um, but to wrap up this part, what initially comes to mind, Breno, is tech writers actively seeking connection with fellow tech writers. 
So again, you know, as you mentioned, often the tech writer might be the only one um, doing this kind of work in their organization. You know, they're the only one reviewing the customer support tickets. So they're the only ones writing that documentation. So you can feel pretty alone throughout this process. But through organizations like um, Write the Docs, who I will forever till the end of time show a ton of love to, um, listening to podcasts like The Not Boring Tech Writer and soon The Manuscript, um, getting involved in the Write the Docs Slack, hopping on Tom Johnson's I'd Rather Be Writing blog and getting involved in the comments there. I think the more you know, other jobs and skill sets and you know perspectives the tech writer can expose him or herself to um the much better position that they put themselves to have you know a really successful career in tech writing and thankfully for people like you who are wanting to create more content about this highlight the tech writer um tech writers are having a lot more opportunities to see you know what else is out there in this field and maybe not feel so stuck with where they're at Great. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, finding other people who who, who work with tech writing is, is, at least here in Brazil, is, is a little hard. Sure. And whenever we do, it's, 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 it's really amazing. And uh, actually, uh, many times we have that challenge at Vitex, which is the company where I work, uh, trying to hire people, hire people uh, that usually have never uh, before worked as tech writer because... As I said, this is, is, is something a bit of a unicorn, sure. and uh, but but I mean we bring a lot of engineers and uh, or maybe journalists, people who who are willing to to work as tech as tech writers. And something that I'm constantly challenged in this in this job of finding these people is to find people who have the right motivation, because the, the way I see uh, a tech writer is someone who needs to be a good communicator, a natural learner and a teacher also, someone who can write pretty well, of course, but at the same time, someone who has a technical drive, who is deeply interested in maybe understanding the ins and outs of, of systems, which sometimes are really technically complex, yep. right? So uh, the thing is, whenever I describe this profile, uh, it seems hard to imagine there is such a sure. person since these skills and interests seem kind of dissonant. But at the same time, I, I can see that I'm probably being a little prejudicial because, yeah, of course, they are out there. So uh, do you see this twofold skill in the, in the tech writers you talk to? How, how do you think we should look at this when, 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 when hiring tech writers or when searching for, for, for people who might become tech writers? You know? Yeah, good question. Um, of course, you know, that core skill that every potential candidate has to have um, is just the ability to write clearly. You know, of course, that's a given. Um, I would definitely look for someone who has just a minor interest in the technical side. Like I remember I've done some mentoring for past um, or fellow tech writing alumni from UNT. And I'll say, hey, like if a potential employer who works in, I don't know, like super high tech fridges like wants to hire you as a tech writer, but you've never worked in the kitchen in your entire life. You're all about that takeout food. Don't really know what's going down with fridges these days. Um, I would encourage that tech writer to be, you know, a bit choosy about the kind of work that they want to do. Um, because again, I mean, with this kind of documentation, you really have to intimately get to know about the product that you're writing about. And you know, going back to the fridge example, if you're not spending time 
you know, in the kitchen, whipping up whatever kind of cuisine you're down for, it might be a hard time um, to actually understand this product and want to spend so much time actually documenting it. Um, but I think, you know, these tech writers are out there. Um, I think anytime that an organization puts out a job opening for a tech writer, like you said, you're going to get a mix of people. You might get like yourself, a former journalist, you might get marketers, you might get engineering uh, folk, but I think so long as they have that prerequisites of being able to write, being able to understand different audiences and then translating some of that technical content into plain language, um, you're going to have a good, good candidate on your hand. And, you know, with any, any job far beyond tech writing, um, just hiring a, a curious candidate, a candidate who is always asking questions, a candidate who's you know willing to step up and try to get that shared language to the developer, which can be very intimidating at times, um, but at least puts them to work to have that shared language. And we have a great podcast on that as well. Um, that's the kind of candidate that you want to look for, but I'm with you. And I think Tom Johnson literally calls them unicorns. I think he's talked about um, you know, finding a tech writer to do API documentation. Like he encourages employers to understand that, you know, you're not going to find someone who's proficient in like C sharp, C plus plus, Java, all that stuff. But if you find someone who's proficient in maybe a language or two, um, you're going to have a good candidate on your hand, no matter what language you might happen to be working in. But yeah, I think the the candidates are out there. But as long as they meet some of those little basic prerequisites. Um, you have a good one on your hands. Yeah. Today, I interviewed a person who is a, uh, an engineer and she's applying for a tech writing position in my team. So again, it's sometimes hard for me to imagine that there is such a profile out there, but it's also very good to know someone that shows me I'm wrong and, and shows me that, yeah, they have the drive to to become a writer and be technical at the same time. It's uh, it's, it's very good to to meet people like that and in the, in the industry and, and bring them to our team. Yeah. And bring them into the conversation. And I imagine what would happen, you know, uh, John Paz, I keep on showing love to all these past guests, but it's, it's important because they're doing good work. Mm -hmm. He talked about mentorship. So whether you're, I mean, like you, Breno, you're already a tech writer in the organization and you see some other folk, whether they're outside the organization or already a colleague of yours that aren't working directly with documentation, but at least are showing that interests, it's a great opportunity for tech writers to step up and be a mentor. You know, we really understand whatever we're working on best whenever we can actually teach it. So um, I commend you for taking some time to get to know this engineer who wants to get more involved in writing, um, sees that as a, a good new skill to add to her repertoire. And I imagine working with you, I mean, she might be well on her way to gain that skill and who knows, maybe shining as a tech writer in the future. For sure, I do hope so. So, uh, well, we're talking about people who are becoming uh, tech writers and who are learning. But, and, and I think resources like your podcast are really valuable for people who are trying to, to begin in, in, in tech writing jobs or who want to learn more. Uh, as we said, we don't usually see many formal education paths to help us grow in the field, at least uh, not outside the U.S. So... Uh, how do you approach this this need to 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 grow as a tech writer? Uh, I mean, what would you invest your time in, in when seeking professional knowledge about the field? You know, the very first thing I would do, Breno. In fact, 
I'm going to do it right now. Let me see what their URL is. Let's see. I would go to writethedocs.org, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to give everyone the step-by-step. Sure, like, please do. Like, like, like the beautiful tech writer I am. <laughs> um, I would go to writethedocs.org. Oh, no. I thought I would find it a lot easier. They've done so much work since I've been on here. Yeah. In the left menu, I would mm-hmm. scroll down to the Stay Connected tab, and I would click Slack, and I would sign up for their Slack. So listeners, if you're not familiar with Slack, just an online discussion board, chat room thing. Um, I haven't been involved in this Slack for a few months now um, since I've left tech writing formally. But if you wanted to surround yourself by fellow, what write the docs called documentarians, so anyone working in documentation in any capacity, whether they're a tech writer, uh, project manager, developer, whatever, I mean, I cannot recommend this channel more. Um, again, just continuing this theme of, you know, what else is out there? What have I not been exposed to in this tech writing field? What else might I be interested in that I haven't even heard of yet? Who's doing this work? Who can I ask questions to? Um, this is the best um, Slack, in my opinion. Um, you'll meet some of the kindest folk. This organization is ran by Eric Holscher, a Python developer himself. He puts together this um, now worldwide international conference. I know it's going down in um, Portland, Oregon. Um, I think one in Austria, perhaps, maybe an Australian one. Um, So he'll do an annual conference, but you also have local meetups happening all across the world. Um, So there's really not an organization that I can recommend more than Write the Docs. And whether, no matter how far you are in your tech writing career, whether you're brand new to the game as a new graduate who just got your their first tech writing job, whether you're a student, whether you've been involved in the tech writing game for a bit, um, you will get insights and make connections from this group um, that will transform your career. And it's all rooted in not making any of these interactions transactional either. Like this is just a group who really cares about documentation and wants to uplift others who want to make their documentation more effective for their own organization. So I would get and write the docs real early on, follow them on Twitter, sign up for their newsletter. I don't know if it's still Kelly O'Brien working on it, um, but she puts together a fantastic community newsletter. Um, And then I'd recommend, of course, um, Tom Johnson's I'd Rather Be Writing blog. Ton of great resources there. I know personally, Whenever I considered getting involved in API documentation, first thing I did was go through his course, um, which was super helpful. Um, step-by-step processes, real-life examples um, to help you decide if you know this is a, a skill that I want to pick up on or not instead of wasting time in a super long webinar. Um, but if I had to pick two, those are the two that I would go with hands down. Um, just any opportunity you can have just to have informal conversation about tech writing um it's gonna be a great opportunity to pick up little gems that could be great for your career sure great jacob i, I didn't know uh, write the docs had a slack channel actually oh it's, man it's got to be a fantastic resource for sure yes it's fantastic yeah any any chance that someone can go to uh, i imagine you have listeners all around the world um but if one of the conferences happen to be near you or mm-hmm. one of the local meetups um highly encourage you attend yeah. and don't don't feel like you have to be a pro you don't have to have all the tech writing language down 
um, so long as there's that, you know, the only prerequisite is that you care about documentation and you see, you know, it's value within an organization. Um, you're going to get a lot of value of connecting with these guys. Great. Yeah. I don't think we've, we've had a, a write docs meetup in, in Brazil yet. If I'm, if I'm wrong, please someone correct me, but, uh, I'm very interested in, in, in having, uh, tech writing meetups here. And I, I'm telling you like the other tech writers in your community that you may or may not know are there. Um, we'll be grateful that you, whether it's you, Brandon, Brazil, or anyone, had you know taken some time to step up and say, "Hey, let's just like informally start talking about our careers." Um, it's happening everywhere else. <laughs> you know, a lot of other people have trade, you know, trade organizations, and a lot of opportunities for continued education through more, um, you know, formal channels. But I think the informality of Write the Docs um, really shines. I mean, it's it's a great place just to meet other folk, like I've said, and in a really comfortable setting. I mean, everyone feels like they belong, whether you're a formal tech writer, engineer, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Really kind of encourage it enough, as you can tell. <laughs> great. Yeah. Well, let's uh, wrap up still in this uh, community uh, subject, which really interests me. So uh, I believe a podcast, a blog, a meetup, et cetera, are, are always great ways to start communities right yeah uh, so do you think there's such a thing as a, as a tech writing community uh, i mean it's it's hard to say uh, i mean globally but i mean maybe local communities i, I don't know if uh, there's one you, you live in texas right uh, correct yeah which town exactly i'm in denton texas oh, it's okay. about 30 miles north of dallas so i'm about an hour from the oklahoma border Okay, so I don't know if you have a local tech writing community there, but uh, how, how does being part of a tech tech writing community uh, might impact someone's career? You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's something that I, I really miss. And uh, yeah. I don't know, I, I, could you talk about your experience with, with community building uh, since you, you have the podcast and you talk to so many people about it? Yeah, um, I mean, personally, I suppose we could call the Not Boring Tech Writer community. Um, I wish I would do a better job of, you know, connecting the guests and listeners with one another. Um, but, you know, thinking about my own path as a tech writer, um, joining the Write the Docs um, community was huge for me. Um, I'm trying to think about the reasons why that I haven't already said. I don't want to be too redundant. Um, but I think just the opportunity for especially the new tech writer to find opportunities for mentorship is essential. So I remember going to that conference, I think I was maybe a year into tech writing at the time, um, but strictly working in end user documentation and finding uh, developer documentation, super intimidating. Um, I wanted to find a group of people who, you know, would kind of meet me halfway, not, not judge me for not really having that shared developer documentation language, um, for really just being a guy who created pretty basic video tutorials <laughs> and basic instructions, not really having any like crazy revelations. I wanted to find a group that would still like welcome me, be patient with my silly questions um, and just take the time to get to know me and understand what my goals are. Um, and I found that through the right docs community. Um, but I also encourage, I mean, any tech writer, um, I imagine your own communities, um, your own city or town, there's, there might be some kind of existing tech community that you can join. Um, I know one here in Denton, we have a 
organization called TechMill. Um, it's a nonprofit um, just about getting people more involved in the tech scene, boosting their own tech literacy. Um, that's another place where the tech writer is very much involved in the process, even if it may not seem so um, on the surface. So if there's existing organizations like that in your community, we'd totally encourage you to join. Um, but again, like don't get too caught up in, you know, the big picture. You don't have to wait for, for a community by, you know, finding some folk in person. You don't have to wait for attending, you know, an annual conference. Like hop on that Write the Doc Slack today. Introduce yourself, share your goals, share your struggles, share your dreams, and you're going to meet people who have probably had very similar dreams, goals, struggles um, they can connect with. I think anytime we want to learn something new, being able to have like a very flat learning environment where there's not like a strict, clear hierarchy, like I don't report to like my chapter presidents and I wait for the president to administer the agenda about what we're going to talk about in this particular community meeting. Um, those I understand have their place, um, but not the most constructive about, you know, kind of embracing innovation and having those really short feedback loops and actually giving members, you know, action items. Um, organizations like Red the Docs do a great job of just, empowering and encouraging folk just to have like open dialogue about where they are in their tech writing careers. You'll find job postings there. Um, a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Um, and if you want to, you know, start your own conversation within the tech writing field and build your own little community, I mean, be like Breno and start your own, your own podcast or your own blog. Um, I remember I, I had the pleasure of presenting at the mad world conference, um, maybe three years ago in San Diego is the conference from Madcap Software. Um, and one of my two presentations were about, you know, how you can boost your influence online as a tech writer. And I pretty much just walked people through like the story of the not boring tech writer. And really, if you want to, you know, kind of amplify your own voice, um, you know, hold on to that passion that you have for tech writing but pair it with something, you know, interesting, like some kind of angle they don't think anyone else is doing um, within this like tech com community podcasting blog sphere. So for the Not Boring Tech Writer, it was, you know, we're not just going to talk about tech writing. We're going to teach you how to be a Not Boring Tech Writer, like a kind of like provocative, clear, you know, mission for um, this podcast community, if you will. Um, just as you've done with the manuscript pairing, you know, um, the tech writing concept with product development. And I imagine, I know this is an early episode for you, but flash forward a few weeks, few months, we're going to have a great mix of listeners, a great mix of content. And likely you're going to be exposing people to content, concepts, ideas that they weren't initially familiar with. So I guess going back to answer your question about the community. Um, any opportunity that you can expose yourself to things that are related to your field, um, but perhaps you haven't taken the time to explore very deeply, um, it's going to be a huge win. Great. Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. Every, everybody can benefit a lot from just going out there and finding peers and, and talking about yeah. it. And, uh, and I totally encourage everyone to listen to the Not, not, not Boring Tech Writer because it's a, I think it's a great start to see the, the bigger picture and see... Uh, other people thinking about uh, 
uh, tech writing, not, not only tech writers themselves, but uh, people who have a lot to bring into the conversation. So I think it's a, it's a great start. Well, uh, Jacob, thanks so much for, for talking to me, for being a guest here at The Manuscript. It was really amazing for me. I'm sure everybody will be as excited as I am after this conversation. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Brenna. That was so much fun. And again, uh, kudos to you for starting this podcast. I'm really excited to subscribe once I see it pop up on my podcast feed and see what's going down with future episodes. We'll make sure to keep in touch. We will for sure. Thanks so much, Jacob, and have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to The Manuscript. If you'd like to suggest a guest for future episodes, send us an email at themanuscriptpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in two weeks. See you there.